This is Rhetoric in Retrospect. I'm David. I'm joined today by Ben and Max, my co-workers. In this episode, we will discuss the importance of work-life balance. Um, okay, so I have to address the allegations. So in a previous what? episode, in a previous in a previous episode, <laughs> I said some select things about a certain artist by the name of Kanye West that have not aged very well. And um, and I'm allowed to change my opinions, and so I do, and so I renounce everything Quite. I say, unconditionally. <laughs> there will be no further comments about this. Was that good? I, I, I gotta say, though, no matter what Kanye West says, uh, Lift Yourself will still be an awesome song, unfortunately. Have you heard Lift, Your- Lift Yourself? I have. Ben, you've not heard Lift Yourself, have you? It is possible I have missed this piece of culture. It is a very good song. I shall give it a listen. Yes. Oh, David, you were saying about the work-life balance. Before I so rudely interceded, interrupted rather, interceded, it's not quite the same. A rather humorous slip. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. So, so I was so. I was just, you know, scrolling through YouTube one of these fine days, and I come across a video in my recommended section that I'm sure, because it was in my recommended section, there's a good chance both of you might have seen. Hmm. And it was Steve Harvey talking about why he smokes cigars. And he came up with the philosophy, or he abides by the philosophy, that you should live your life working and that work should be the center of your life. Like, which is true that man, man is made to work and glorify God and that he glorifies God by displaying his abilities in work. And that's part of it. And in our society, we are, we are meant to work. We're meant to, to, uh, to make use of our, god-given abilities and so he was saying how you know all you can't you you can't just work right there need to be these small little spaces in your life and ability in your work your work environment for you to take little breaks and for you to to prioritize your family and prioritize things outside of work and for you to just enjoy the small things in life and the way he relaxes and you know uh, and balances his life one part of it is by smoking cigars and so that that was that and that inspired this episode because i've been thinking a lot about work-life balance and how we are only human that we need to have little breaks. We need to take naps. We need to rest. And part of that is the Sabbath. A big part of that is the Sabbath. And Mm. how we need to prioritize the Sabbath and how prioritizing the Sabbath can actually lead to a better work-life balance. And so what are are your thoughts on that primarily? No, no, I definitely agree. And I think that, um, that, like, like you said, doing things whether it be work or, or um, and several people, a lot of people generally retire and, and managing your hobbies or where you devote your time. The, the entirety of your life is, is a balancing act between where you put your time. And so I definitely agree. Um, it's, it's something that's important, but it's also something that takes a lot of skill and something that... Um, throughout your life you're constantly evolving and and learning how to manage it better and um and you know it it's something that people should have a lot of sympathy for when certain people and and I won't I won't elaborate you know who we're talking about but if a certain three individuals were to have difficulty <laughs> I feel like this is awfully pointed, but I don't know where. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. She's making a sharp jab. Good. 
then people should be understand. <laughs> okay, we got to cut all of that out. This is not a comedy podcast. <laughs> Weird. Oh my god. Okay. Cut me out. Who could cut these me out three before. individuals be? Oh, 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 it all becomes clear. <laughs> <laughs> Cut me out. No, before, no, we're leaving this in. Right after I, when, when, when David said, like, does anybody else want to say something? <clears throat> I'll just re-record this. Sorry, Max. Comedy gold. It had to stay. So, no, no, I definitely agree, David. When I, I completely agree with what you're saying is that your entire life is a balancing act of where you spend your time. You can't be doing several things at once without compromising and so throughout your life you're constantly evolving this ability and, and learning how to manage your time and it's something that um i've never really thought about it in that way but it's completely true that um, it's a skill and a skill that develops throughout your entire life and so you know um if you have certain hobbies or, or certain activities and then um you were to not get to them, let's say, and um, in doing so, disappoint your fan base. Oh, who could that? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> such a thing would never happen. Um, yes. But no, no. If this were ha- to hypothetical hypothetically scenario. happen, you know, you know, that'd be greatly but very understandable. You know, but, um, yes, I'm sure worthy of compassion and yes, know, extending grace to the, the. Yes, yes. If this were to happen, to somebody else, you know. I think the the best thing is just to. You can't see me, but I'm nodding right now. We all are. Yes. You know, just. You know, just. You just keep you keep keep trucking on. You know. Oh yes. And, and absolutely. And, and improve your. Yes. Yeah. Improve your skill. It's something that you evolve. Impro- yes. Take breaks yes. to. Um, yeah, and something that that we are we are working on. <laughs> we, we like to take breaks. It is the most enjoyable pastime, is it not? <laughs> but uh, seriously, yes, we uh, have to we see. have to address the elephant it, in the room. It's rather rather uh, humbling that I cannot recall when we last published an episode. How um, how long, Ben? How long? Um, I I am afraid to look, but as, as I click this button, um, I'm afraid the last episode was was in in. July. July. July isn't that. that. That's four months and, ago. And the one before that was. It. That's what. But but the one before. Yeah, that I thought was it was worse April. than that. Oh. <laughs> See, that's not so bad. I thought it was worse. I so thought like we were in the say last something like a year. In, in, in the we last seven months, we've published one episode. Um, yes, we are. We are working on it. Most guys, are we coming up on three years? I don't think yeah. it counts. Episode no, two years, two years. Episode number one, yes, was the very first day of 2021. So we are coming up on two years. Wow. Wow. We changed a lot in two years, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah, now we're now we're all fancy and you know, doing We're we're fancy. fancy like I wonder if our voice has changed. I bet. Oh, I'm sure. I'm rather terrified to I... listen back to some old episodes. Yeah, and and too. let's not think about that too much. <laughs> no, but seriously, David, regarding regarding what what Steve Harvey says or what you're saying about what Steve Harvey says, you know, I think that there are a lot of people who might take issue with the idea, first of all, that man is supposed to work, and that man is supposed to, it, humanity is is um supposed to work hard their entire lives i think there are a lot of people who would take issue with that especially with new move uh, movements such as i'm not sure anti-work would be the best example of it but there seems to be a growing sentiment that work if we can avoid work with technology that we should what do we, what will you say to these people how would you approach their their worldview or their perspective because no doubt they exist i mean in the growing in in I guess in, embroiled in the very integrated into the very embroiled is a word. Embroiled, I don't think that was but a it word. has a wrong. I use use it wrong. Oh, it has the wrong connotation because embroiled it sort of is? means like involved in, but involved in an oh. argument oh. or in a situation. Whereas yeah, in the middle of. Yep, embroiled. Oh, okay. E- it means e- embroiled. involved. Yeah. 
exactly what I said, involve someone deeply in an argument, conflict, or difficult situation. Um, no, but I would say that the principle of that it's possible to have less work or that people shouldn't be working hard, if it's possible to do that, um, is deeply it's central to a lot of movements like, I don't want to say socialism. I know there's a better example than that. That seems like a rather lowbrow one. But I mean, uh, even to to the entire uh, argument of, of workers' rights and in that sort of thing, it's, well, you see, it, it's central, unions the, the entire and... idea, the entire idea that man is supposed to work hard and that's something that's inflicted upon humanity as a race um, that, that we cannot and should not remove. I think a lot of people would take issue with that, David. What would you say to them? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but you, especially in modern culture, there are two sides where you have work less for more. Actually, there are like three sides. Don't work and see how it affects your life and where like your happiness comes from and not prioritizing money. And then you have work less for more hmm. and then you have work harder for more and so on work harder for more you have like the andrew tate whole thing whoa whoa work andrew hard tate. get gains andrew tate right do you think that do you think that andrew, andrew tate likes to work hard you, do you know who andrew tate is yes you know who andrew tate is. yes i do I'm not sure I would quite describe Andrew Tate as a work hard. I think no, that's think the whole that... movement he pushes, though. Ah, which is kind of hypocritical. Hypocrisy. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure if I would agree with that because Andrew Tate's entire thing was that he sold sort of get rich quick schemes where sort yes. of yes, yeah, uh, that was a scam where you take his course and you can learn how to make a lot of money really quickly really quickly yeah without having to work really hard hmm. or easy rather rather it's an easy way to make a lot of money fast um right. and so i would say that rather andrew tate's fan base is more central the besides the other issues that andrew more, tate yeah. has yeah work less to get more mm -hmm. i i get what you're saying though david is that there's an element of you know you know the sigma male trillionaire grind set yes are you familiar with the concept I think yes. it's very funny. I don't... Um, what is it? Is it Poe's Law? Poe's Law? I, I have no idea. Yes. Poe's Law, um, according to Wikipedia, is an adage of the internet culture, of internet culture, saying that without a clear indicator of an author's intent, every parody of extreme views can be, making, can be mistaken by some readers for a sincere expression of the views being parodied. I'm very bad at reading words and saying them out loud. Anyways. But no. Um... If you're not familiar with the trillionaire grind set Sigma male meme, it's sort of like it pushes strongly this culture of, you know, wake up early, take cold showers, make your own business and make a lot of money. And then go to sleep um, and do it all over again. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. Um, which I find really funny, but I don't mm. actually believe any of it. But some of the memes are very funny. Like, um, the Sigma male memes. Um, but I do understand Poe's law says that some minority of the people who are also indulging this don't actually take it literally. But either way, it sort of signifies this, whether humorously or as a reflection of the times that it's born out of, that it sort of, it does reflect that culture, that um, work hard, and make a lot of money and mm. you put in the effort the back-breaking effort and you reap the rewards of that which i think to some extent is honorable there's definitely to be said that like was it einstein or who said one percent inspiration 99 percent perspiration edison edison yeah yeah no that would that wouldn't be einstein edison but i think that the idea of hard work honest hard work will net some sort of benefit is definitely true but then there's also the the disparity of the kind of work being done varies so widely. Like someone can work 
very, very hard, but then add a little bit of um, working smart to that, and you can accomplish a lot more with the same amount of effort, circumstantially. Yeah, definitely, I think so. And um, but I think no, but the, I think some some people might take issue with um, Edison because he did get really rich, but you might also argue that right. it was because of market mono- market manipulation, monopolies, and sort of. Um, yeah. suppressing his competitors. I mean, some people might take issue with that, but no, I, th- I think some the people. quote definitely is an, is, a, is an example. And I guess it ultimately comes down to how we regard work philosophically. I think that's probably one of the things that's changed most over the years. Like in the 60s and 70s, everyone was saying, oh, look at all the, the new technology that's being created and the massive leaps in um, simplicity and elegance that we're achieving. At this rate, you know, by twenty the early two thousands, we'll you know have only to work three or four hours a day. But instead, the trend has been that we work a lot more hours a day as a result of all of this efficiency and simplicity that modern technology has offered. So it's like how 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 do we look at life and how do we look at meaning in such a way that elevates work? And I think that the reason that can be for a lot of the culture is that work is meaning. And if we don't have problems to solve, then you know we'll just sit around twiddling our thumbs. So we'll find as much work to do as possible, and that kind of leads down a spiral of, you know, ruthless um, eighty-hour work week. Not eighty-hour, I suppose. Fifty, sixty-hour work weeks. I've never worked an eighty-hour or a fifty or a sixty-hour work week, so I can't really attest to it. But I can imagine that. I don't think. We'll I don't think I've worked. Quickly. No, I haven't worked an eighty-hour work week, but. The, the commonality between all of these ideas, between, whether it's Sigma Male, Grind Set, Trillionaire Hustle, Rise and Grind, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, the idea of prosperity like you're talking about in the 60s. I wasn't there for the 60s. I can't attest to it, but that sounds correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the basis between, behind all of these ideas is, is the um, idea of material prosperity. And when you're talking about hard work, and reaping the rewards of your labors. It made me think about Diogenes, who's um, out there among the philosophers. But he had a very unique worldview, which was um, he didn't have any possessions. I think the story is hilarious how he uh-huh. had only one possession, which was a bowl. <laughs> and then when he saw a little boy scooping water with his hands, he, he threw away his bowl saying what do i need this thing for when i use my hands so he had zero possessions from then on so the throwing away and rejection of culture and material um, needs it's an entirely opposite worldview to that it's like the complete Hmm. reverse and it just goes to show if you completely do not care about your standard of living or material possessions you know you don't need to be trapped in the rat race although i wouldn't say that diogenes is a shining example of what you should do (laughs) i think that's definitely taking it to the extreme but it, it makes a good, definitely a good illustration and point, I'm sure, that w- why do we work and, you know, everything's motivated by, oh, well, when we're little, we have to do well in school so that we can, you know, get into a good college. And why do we want to get to a good college so we can, you know, get a, a good education there? And why do we want to get a good education there so that we can get a good job? And why do we want to get a good job? Because prosperity or whatever. I think that the reasoning can be semi-flawed instead of pursuing um, an end for you know our own material possession instead pursuing it because that's what we're called to do. But then I think the difference between them is that in the one case, that's our sole goal in life, whereas in the other case, we understand that there are more priorities than just you know having a lot of money. In and the Diogenes a good job. case? Yeah, in the Di- Diogenes case, he's definitely an extreme example, and I don't think that We'd advocate for the well, I, I'd say his method. I definitely agree. Like the 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 perspective of not Diogenes, but of material possessions isn't the number one goal in life. No, but nor yeah, should we there, just there are other priorities. Say, oh well, we don't need material possessions really. So, you know, we don't have to work hard, and we can just you know go where the wind blows and yeah. sit around and twiddle our thumbs. But the the reason for why we do it, I think, is the important bit. I think that. Diogenes is just a case of not everybody could live like Diogenes did. Um, 
No. He only survived in his society because other people did work and did care about possessions. Yeah, someone um, has to. So work. in 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 that way, he could beg for money. If every single person in that society was a Diogenes, or if everybody, every single person in this society was a Diogenes, um, it wouldn't work out because everyone would just starve. Yeah, we've sacrificed <laughs> our our vertical integration, like in the old days. It could be that one person could provide for food and water and shelter all themselves with no outside help. But nowadays we've sacrificed that self-sufficiency for a lot more comforts. But but even if, if you were Diogenes and didn't own any possessions and didn't work at all, if everybody did that, then <laughs> there would be Yeah, we'd all have a far lower standard of living. <laughs> Death. Yeah, in most cases. Except for the few people who, you know, have potatoes. I wonder if Diogenes would think that'd be a worthy end. If he took his worldview to the extreme, to that far, would he say that if everybody followed his philosophy, of course, it wouldn't work. But then would he say that it's worthy to die for that? Or would he rather say, okay, if if everybody was like Diogenes, then... Some people would have to work. Would he concede to having to work and, and own possessions in order to advance society, at least survive? Or would he say, you know what, just die? And That's really interesting. He died from eating raw octopus, supposedly, unless he died by holding his breath. But I don't know how physically possible that is. Um, I think I think that the, the dying by holding his breath Wait, let me look this up. Maybe slightly exaggerated. This is Wikipedia we're talking about, so you know, grain of salt to be taken. But yeah, it's probably pro- a little bit of a myth, a little bit maybe of a, a little. To say, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. See a what, lot of these are. What's our citation here? <laughs> tall tales, I guess. Or and died from an infected dog bite. So nobody can really agree on how he died. But anyway, I think that his his philosophy and and how how he lived it maybe wasn't the best exit because you know maybe we have a vice of overwork and pursuing work just for its own self in our culture but that's not to say that we should go to the opposite extreme and then never do any work or never have any material possessions um that's that's maybe a little bit of uh, a vice on the other extreme of the spectrum but i think certainly i think that and it's it's very serendipitous um, that you bring up this topic, David, because I think two a week or two ago I read a short book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but I found it very interesting. It's a short read, and it's by a pastor. It was written I think two or three years ago about how he personally, being you know the orchestrator and pastor of a megachurch was overwhelmed by work and scaled it back and how he thinks that the Bible supports that in many places and, you know, the importance of Sabbath and having that sort of balance between, you know, our drive to constantly work and pursue things, which, you know, we fill our schedules to the brim and have no space for any sort of relaxation and, you know, time for reflection and growth and that that's not a good thing i don't know if you want to expound upon why but Hmm. i think that's really interesting especially that a pastor would bring that up because the only person who doesn't get a break on the sabbath the clergy members yeah they they have to work on the sabbath i think what the book was saying was that you know inefficiency isn't a bad thing it's our goal should not be to do as many things in our life as possible. I don't think that's the goal. Um, And, you know, having this constant mindset that our time is the most valuable thing that we have and anything that's slow should be eliminated and is hence evil um, is a negative aspect that has not been the case for most of human civilization. And only in the last hundred years or so has that constant state of hurry kind of um, eliminated a lot of the the simple joys of life that are designed to recharge and help us. And we fall in prey to this idea that we always have to hit the ground running and go, go, go. So 
I, I think that points back to what you're trying to get at, David, with uh, this balance of work and life and not spending all our time, every spare second, um, doing something productive. Right, you bring up an interesting point there. And you guys learned about this from the history book that you're currently reading, I believe, is um, the back in back in ancient times and still today, actually, the, the Eastern philosophy um, in parts of Asia mostly was to just sit back and relax and to take life slowly and to not advance really in any way and to sort of shut yourself off and find truth within yourself. Um, And then the Western philosophy was to lurk outwards and to, you know, go, 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 every second counts, Uh sort of this rushing philosophy. And we still have that today. Um, it's, It's grown for sure, but I think there's a happy medium to be found. And so in that, I think that you're your view of work-life balance ultimately depends on your view of time yeah and its value um where where you need to yeah you need to find that happy medium between go go going and taking those those small seconds and finding within yourself what your flaws are and um exploring within yourself what um what you can do better and then applying that to your life rather than just and and using that to improve your life yeah and not just go 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 but to actually you know grow as a person um yeah yeah taking taking that time into account and that can happen through that can that can absolutely happen through those small moments that you take a break away from life for sure but what you shouldn't do is not you know not or what you what you shouldn't do is fall prey to sloth no um not saying that the the ancient east was <laughs> slothful but you know just just we tend towards more the the excess of that spectrum right. than the sloth exactly, exactly i don't think sloth is much yeah, of a danger naturally, for the naturally american people well maybe it is i don't know but i think that we tend to have more of that um, constant productivity. And I think that's backed up by a lot of data, too. It's not just, oh, after I take a few minutes and collect my thoughts and, you know, spend a day not working, do I feel more productive? But there, there's some sort of happy medium. When you force people to work for an insane amounts of time, their productivity decreases a lot more. And, like, per hour productivity plummets compared to having people work a reasonable amount of time and giving them the rest of their time to, you know, recover and rejuvenate and, you know, you know, meditate, quote unquote, I'm making air quotes that you can't see, which is, you know, the modern version of prayer minus God. So we can, you know, see what our own flaws are, like you said, and reflect on how we can do better and what we need to fix. And it's often when we're looking for mm-hmm. solutions that they'll come up in the most unexpected places. Like we'll be looking for, I don't know, so, uh, solution to some problem we're faced with and we'll find it while we're vacuuming at home it'll just spring into our minds or you know right i think it's interesting that you bring yeah, up yeah i remember oh go ahead that uh i think it's really interesting that you bring up that the eastern world was the had the philosophy of don't work hard um or rather rather take life slowly not not work hard um because it seems from what I've gathered from my experience um, with Eastern countries nowadays, like uh, I think Japan, especially. Oh, it's done a total China. 180? Yeah, that every yeah. works oh, hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're really yeah. devoted to. Which is really interesting. Like, how did they make that shift culturally? Considering that, like what you're saying, if we started off with the, the Western worldview of um, working hard and we haven't changed what sort of made that cultural shift but also now that there's no refuge or safe haven for people who want to live life slowly actually i'm not i can't verify that i haven't been all around the world nor i but i think that you're right in that the cultural balance has definitely shifted especially and 
I guess it can ultimately be traced to having our culture become more and more secular over time and not having, you know, another purpose and meaning to life. But also that 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 idea of going fastest bread, maybe, um, yeah, yeah, Max, our history book has been talking about clocks a lot and how, you know, the advent of clocks across the world has revolutionized how people think about time and um, encourages productivity, which not is not always a good thing. And, you know, how before time it was just, well, the sun went up and the sun went down. And we worked while the sun was up and, you know, did whatever else at night. And it, it worked well, but now everything is very regimented with every second, you know, meted out into its own little category for what we're supposed to do then. Yeah, definitely. And also, what you said, you said that... um it was religion that sort of gave us the other purpose um, for maybe living life more slowly. I definitely, I didn't think about it that way before, but you know, it, if what, to what David's saying, if the reason why they lived life slowly was because they found a greater purpose in discovering yourself or discovering something about yourself that could only be found in living your life slowly, um, which is, I'm only gathering that from what David said. I can't, testify that itself testify about that myself but if that is true then it would make a lot of sense that um if society gets more material focused not even not necessarily less religious but sort of has an increasing weight on material possessions that they would not take the time to slow down if there wasn't any benefit to it if the material things are the most important mm. So, yeah, I, d I never thought about it that way. It's really interesting. Although I can't confirm that, but it'd be something really interesting well, you, to yeah. look into, that connection between spiritualism versus materialism and how that has an effect on the work-life balance of a society or a culture. Isn't that literally just Buddhism? I'm not well-versed in Buddhism. Oh, I th think Buddhism is like rejection of material possessions entirely yeah and focusing much. on the spirituality of self of man yeah yeah of self yeah yep it's almost pantheistic yeah, I think it's really interesting everything's god yeah i mean i'm not sure what hap what effects it would have on having that sort of worldview would have on the culture or um what sort of positive or negative benefits but i think it's really interesting that just having that core belief and what it sounds like that they would have this different perspective of taking things slowly hmm. sounds really fascinating to me um especially i think as maybe as information the spread of information has um increased that maybe a culture's view becomes more homogenous as it's easier to connect with people all over the world and maybe maybe we're uh diverging uh, can, maybe we're converging and we're, uh, our culture is becoming more and more homogenous mm. across the world as as people can interact more and are more interwoven through and the that's, internet. That's something interesting to think about. That's definitely something to be said for technology and how that's changed how we live and both in that we can communicate and there's this homogenization of ideas, like you said, and cultures and every, the it used to be that you know everyone's closest friends would be their neighbors, the, the, the people in their small, close community, because that's, you know, who they were around. But now, like, we're all at least, what, how many miles away from each other? Like, 50 and 200 or something. We're all at great distances, and yet we're having a conversation about, you know, deep things over a great distance, a, a homogenization of ideas. And I guess the same thing has happened to some of the world and maybe our, you know, materialist, you know, productive um western ideals have seeped over into the east to some degree but also i think that technology and this more 21st century idea of this attention economy has um valued our seconds monetarily and you know the the company who wins is the one who can keep us on the platform longest um and in that way all our time has been assigned value and if 
we're not doing anything with it, well, then we're pouring money down the drain. But I don't think that that that's a thing to be said. Do you all agree that um, different time has different value and that if we um, spend too much of our time, then it becomes devalued? I don't know. Oh, it's definitely really interesting. Um, about the um, convergence of society to what you are saying earlier, what we were talking about earlier, uh, I can't attest to that because I haven't been around for very long, but I wouldn't be surprised if the influx uh, in the... Same. <laughs> if the greater distribution of information across societies, across countries, across distance, resu is resulting in a convergence of culture. But to what you're saying about uh, time being valued, um, especially because of this attention economy, I thought that was really interesting about how I, that reminds me of something I thought about when David was talking earlier about how um, about Steve Harvey in his worldview that I wouldn't think that technology is making us more efficient. I would think that be, there, some people might say that because of all these um, vast ways and complex psychological ways that um, companies with their applications and websites can are vying for our for our attention and now that we have greater technol technological control that um, they can more finely tune these methods of gaining our attention um, through algorithms through patterns what have you with with uh, software I would think that that advancement in technology would have resulted in a decreased um, productivity if everybody's spending so much time mm. on social media or whatever whatever the kids are doing these days that that would have result reduced <laughs> that would have reduced our um productivity as a society um but then again maybe it's not it hasn't been around that long i mean i'm probably the same age as a lot of so prominent social media websites and i mean even before then tiktok which is arguably one of the more invasive more powerful methods of gaining people's attention. That one hasn't been around for long. It's maybe five years old. Um, I don't know exactly, but that sounds like the time that it would have come into prominence. So who knows? Maybe we're heading for a uh, less productive society because of all these attention-grabbing sources mm -hmm. in, this, uh, in this attention economy like you're talking about. And I think that's probably the case and it'll be very interesting to see uh, as the generation that we're towards the the head of um goes into the workforce and become functioning adults how that the I ideas of attention and social media and um all of the distractions we have and every every generation all, all cultures have had distractions but i think ours are probably different and maybe more invasive and easier to access than ever. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they affect us and and our jobs and work and all that. I definitely agree with what you're saying, um, especially because not only are the uh, things that are grabbing our attention, pulling us away from work, not only are they um, more invasive, but they're also more advanced. Mm. Um, things like having a smartphone constantly on you that can that can uh, call your attention with a not well-placed notification <laughs> or a, a noise or a vibration. Sort of having that presence in your life. Um, I mean, it hasn't been around for very long, but also it's so much more advanced in ways that um, these... I know for a fact, um, I've read a couple books on the ways that social media platforms or um, other uh, applications that want to grab your attention, the ways that they're attempting to sort of reach into our psychology um, and mm. and use those sort of psychological habits in order to have a greater reach on our attention and greater control and sort of calling us back to the use, using notifications to call us back to the the TikTok or whatever. I wouldn't know because I don't have TikTok, Same. but I do know that they do employ notifications in that way and they tweak their algorithms to most effectively reach us. Oh, we can wait. I lost the thought. Anyways, um, I think we can all agree that, that many social media 
apps on which we may spend an outrageous amount of time are not productive. And, you know, in pertaining to the work-life balance, they're probably not, um, they're, they're probably not part of the work. And yet, I don't think they, most of the time, probably don't contribute to our relaxation either. Because the whirlwind of the, these constant ideas that are being thrown at us. Oh, definitely. Really in- inspiring in, in such a way as to, you know, make us, um, I don't know, they're, they're, they're not um, inspiring new ideas oftentimes. Or, you know, helping us reflect upon our own faults. More often they're um, proclaiming how perfect others are. And so by comparison, we see ourselves and think, wow, that's, oh, that's a problem. And, but then we don't have any way to, you know, pursue a solution. It's, it's not a kind way of um, criticism. Um, it's not constructive very much, you know. Oh, definitely. Our own faults And I don't want to fall down the, the rabbit hole of, of being just another <laughs> podcast that talks about how bad social media is. Like, oh, social no, media is bad. Like this. Like, this is a new idea Everyone to any agrees. of us. Yes. But, no, but it is definitely true, like, the effects that, that social media platforms. I can't believe we're saying social media. Like, we've, we've devolved. We've I know. Devolved. Let, I, I apologize. I think I have led us down this rabbit hole, but... Um, I mean, no, it's, it's completely true, though. It it's is. It's true, though. Is that, <laughs> is that social media, as an introduction, it's a relatively new thing. I mean, probably as old maybe around the same age that we are uh, um it, it'll have okay. an effect on, on our work-life on. balance as it's vying for our attention yeah way to bring there, it back, to, it the back to the central well point social media as an instagram or social media as in the newspaper yes. or social media is in the yes. all of the above in ancient Rome social you're calling the quorum social media <laughs> I don't know if it would fall into the media he, category. Yes, yeah, it's 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 the medium, and it is social media. By that is, definition, our conversation where... right now is social media. I think yes, you can't. Is, yeah. I think it's disingenuous to define social media as just a media that is social. <laughs> it is. It has created its own definition over the years. I bet that there's a, you know, some sort of entry in the dictionary about we're, it. We're talking more about social media platforms yes. or applications. Okay, but this is this is the whole another episode. It probably, is, but but you know what? We even gone? I think it, I think it may be good because we don't. I agree with it Max. Is good. We don't want to be one of those people, one of those podcasts that you know just is railing on social media and and enumerating all of the failings that and all the negative things it does to society. Everyone agrees. So now we have set our peace on social media, and we can move on from the topic. But in relation, <laughs> in to relation to the work life ba- balance. balance, which is far more dignified. <laughs> And I, I think that that social media is a I, you know a small aspect, a more modern applicable but aspect. Even, but the even as in its place as um is just as just a general uh, opposite of the work in terms of the yeah. life category of the work life balance. I mean, I always like to think of the good allo, allo, analogy. Cut out those allos. <laughs> analogy of um. Have you seen the tweet or, or something where it says, uh, if you gave a sour, a single Sour Patch Kid to a pilgrim child, it would just kill him on the spot? I have not. The sugar, you mean, or the sourness or the shock? I don't think pilgrim children have ever experienced something like that before. Probably In the same corn way, social potatoes. media could have the same... Yeah, imagine eating bland food like mashed potatoes and beer all your life, and then Sour Patch Kid just descends upon your taste buds. What would you even do? It it's would be quite sugar. stunning. Like, they would never see that much sugar in their lifetimes. Actually, it's probably not true, because if I remember from a specific chapter I think it's like the Laura Ingalls books where they made taffy. I think it was like 22 teaspoons of sugar a year was the average about 100 years ago. 22 teaspoons. So, okay, so it may not be perfectly accurate. But still, the but concentrated the, the, sugar the, would be quite overwhelming. The allegory is simply as relationship from new technology to old brain. Yes. Well, well, well good segue transition. And I think that another thing to be said. 
no. We're making segues now. <laughs> Why don't we follow you? Okay, okay we got to we got to get this back on track. Okay, wait, uh, hold no. on. Uh, so yes. just fit it, fit future wait, Ben wait, cut wait. out everything keep, of that. Keep, keep going with your thought, Ben. Oh, right. oh. Uh, just that from before the Sour Patch Kid al- no, d- uh, uh, oh it's allegory. it's definitely applicable in, in the same way I think that the no it's goofy that social media may be an in instance an example to this topic of how that's something that, that isn't work and yet it isn't productive in any way to ourselves in our extra time so I think that in in saying work-life balance that's not just saying we should have time outside of work I think that's true, but I think that's only part of the equation. And that, that time at the outside of work should be filled with meaningful things that are, yes, you know, helping yes. us to recover from, you know, the difficulties of our day-to-day jobs and, you know, spending time with friends and family, doing activities that are different, are a change of pace from the things that we usually do. And I think that's the value of something like the Sabbath, where it's different from the rest of the days of the week. It's in the same way that, you know, all farmers that, have you know studied crops will tell you that every seven years a field needs to be rested if you continually plant something in a field then all of the nutrition and everything in the field is going to get depleted in the same way with humans if you know we're worked constantly and there's been experiments done i think like in the soviet um, union a long time ago they tr- experimented with 10-day work weeks and that failed miserably after a few days you know everyone would the productivity would hit the floor and I think that in the same way with us humans, we need a change of pace from our usual work to, you know, recover and be able to better do that work. But I think that also leads to the question of all, all that we've been talking about so far is kind of portraying work and our jobs and, you know, stuff that we're quote unquote forced to do or have to do and this kind of negative light. Do you all think that work should be a thing that we can take joy and pleasure in or should it? And can it be something, ought it to be something that, you know, we look to as, oh, I have to get this done and not really deriving enjoyment or pleasure from it? Is there, what's the both sides of the coin to you? If you're talking about people who make their hobbies their jobs. Yeah. I think it could be, I think it could be true that um, the old adage that do something you love for a living and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Yeah. I think that could be true. It's a nice idea, no doubt. But from some, what some people have said on the matter is that the other perspective is you do make something that you love to do. You make your your hobbies, your work, and it the having to do your hobby as a living sort of destroys your joy for the hobby. Yeah. And now you're left with zero fun things to do which could be true Very well i can't put. attest to either because i don't have a job i i that and i've never turned a hobby into a job that, that is very i don't have any succinct. jobs that i dislike really and well ben what you do audio i do my my quote-unquote profession does have to do and we can cut this with out if you want technology that i love no that's fine i think um, I, I do enjoy technology, and that's what I do for a part-time job, at least. And I still enjoy that, but I think that I definitely agree. Basing what you do off only solely because, you know, oh, I enjoy, I've enjoyed this in the past, um, can, can, doesn't always, but, you know, um, steal the joy from whatever that hobby or activity is. And then you're left with something that you don't want to do, and maybe one's not even good at it because it's just something that you liked. Like I enjoy, I don't know, skiing or something. I'm not very good at skiing, but something that I like. So if I, you know, I don't know how you can pursue a career in skiing without being good, but if imagine you could, and then I found, Oh, I didn't, I don't like to do skiing as a profession to use the analogy. Then I'm left in a position that I don't want to be in or I'm not even very good. So I think when that your interests and jobs collide, that can be a wonderful thing. But I don't think that we should look at work as something that we should only do because we like it. But because, you know, we're called to a standard of, you know, representing Christ. And in that, we'll do things that we don't want to do just because we said that we do them in order to point back to him and, and perseverance and dedication and, you know, 
doing things that we don't feel like doing in an instant. I don't know. No doubt. I think that perseverance is a virtue. But yeah. isn't in in so and so if you did unfortunately choose your job as something that used to be your hobby. Um, you know, that's that's an entirely separate dilemma. But don't you think it's curious that when people you know, choose their careers, especially when they're going into um, college or they're choosing what to study. Mm. Don't you think it's curious that most often it's you're studying for the career that you think would you would enjoy? I mean, if it was true that your job will always be whatever you do, whether it's your hobby or just a, anything else, your job will sour that experience, then you would really just choose to to aim for a profession, to study for a profession that you could just do, yeah. that you could just get through. Yeah, that wasn't terribly painful, maybe. That, that would be kind of a but, nice but thing to we, have. But we don't do that. And as a generally, from choosing professions or choosing what to study um, for a profession, it tends to be stuff that you might enjoy or might be interested in. Yeah, and sometimes maybe you pursue a field just because, you know, you're good at it, even though you don't really like to do it. Um, and then you find that, oh, wow, I actually like this when I'm, I have to do it day after day. I don't know. No doubt. There are people who do enjoy what, doing what they love. Yeah. For a living. And I guess it's all about the perspective that, you know, we, we shouldn't look as, at jobs as a thing that we should do based on how we feel about it. But, you know, we do it to provide for you know, a family, or, you know, I don't know. And there is honor in that. Have some provide for ourselves and, you know, have food and shelter so that we can be able to do things that we love and that we need to do and that, you know, we're called to do. It's maybe a means to an end sometimes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or how we should treat it, but it, it can be both a passion and a means to an end, I suppose. What do you think? Okay, David? you got you guys you guys got exactly where I wanted you to be, which is awesome. Um, we're right on the money, pun intended. You're, you're right on the money, wow. but I want to hear a final conclusion because I'm not sure that I fully like you guys have the pieces, but I want to see the picture from you guys. Of how it is important to have balance. a good work and life balance. Yes, is that the conclusion? Yes. How how it is important? Did I win? <laughs> no, no, no. Ten. How it is important? What should we be doing when we are not working? And why does it matter what we're doing? And why does work matter? Why does life matter? All in one. Why does why does bits of of pleasure among work? matter are you saying that it's are you going to say that it's because we're glorifying god in all that we do well that's part of it but that's not all of it i mean that's the main that's like what i guess it is all of it in encapsulated <laughs> but like ultimately no, the, the ultimately yes but i want to hear like yeah. the the other reasons i think that you have played us like a fiddle and put us just in the right place yeah and i think we we covered all of that and and that we shouldn't just work i think we've established and there's lots of good data that establishes that working too much is a bad thing and that we shouldn't overwork ourselves and that it's negative both for our own selves and for the things that we're doing and then our productivity decreases when we work too much and that we should fill the time when we're not working with things that are productive or I'm sorry, we should fill the time when we are working with things that are productive and when we're not working to things that can make us productive in the future or help our own selves be that prayer or time with family or doing the other jobs that we have to do some sort of change of pace and that we should ultimately do it all to glorify and enjoy God and that we shouldn't just think of work as a passion. If we like what we do for work, that's wonderful. But that doesn't mean when we have to do the tedious job that isn't as fun that we should say oh uh, drag our feet and you know n not um, put in our best effort because we right. don't like to do it some sort of balance between the two i don't know what else you have to add 
Max, that, anything that to add? Pretty much covers all my thoughts. Say it, you said it more articulately, articulately than I could have. Oh, I doubt it. Oh, don't be so humble. Nor thou. <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> now the end of our episode no, shall be no, a humility no. contest. <laughs> no, you're more humble. I insist no, that you are. Humble. No, it cannot be. <laughs> okay, well, before you. this gets At any gets rate, thank you for saying that then. Wait, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, th- at, at any rate, thank you for... for um, concluding that that was a very nice conclusion then yeah, my pleasure and i do recommend reading the ruthless elimination of hurry i'm not sure if i agree 1000 percent with everything he says like maybe um putting our phones in a box all sunday long and like not looking at them at all is maybe impractical pull impracticable impractable yeah that can be dangerous um, yeah i think that we do live in the 21st century and while we are not to live of the world, we are in the world. And in order to fulfill, you know, in order to live in the world, sometimes we need to do things that might um, add a hurry to our lives. And I don't think that's the epitome of evil. But we shouldn't, we should learn when to say no to things and not fill every second of our lives with work. There we go. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad we got this out of, out of this, because this could have gone a whole lot of different directions. <laughs> but you guys kept talking, and I didn't want to interrupt you because it was like exactly the thought process that I wanted to see, mm. which is great. I love it. Alrighty. Okay. Any so, so I. Pardon. Happy to supply obliviation. <laughs> oh, I as well. Oh, but there is something that I need to address. <laughs> Bloviation. Oh, bloviation. Circumloquation. We're the great <laughs> bloviators. <laughs> there is something that I need to address, though. Um, in a previous episode, allegations. Some comments about <laughs> Kanye West were made that have aged very poorly. My views have changed. Um, and you know, I'm allowed to do that, but also. I don't really feel the same way about the things I said in the past regarding Kanye West, given light of recent events. Understandable. So I, re- I renounce the comments unconditionally. Don't ask maybe, me. Maybe some of them were, were good and still apply. I think one of, when you said them, they were certainly well, applicable. Well, no, yes, definitely. But, I mean, if I want to renounce them so I can do them over again, yes. perhaps next time, maybe that could be a podcast in the future. Yes. We should do, we, you know, the place that secular music. I wonder if has people would be interested in. I in, bet they would, you know, or it would. Be, I know it would be fun to talk about, you know, the place of music and and culture and worldview, and we could analyze. Yes, I would definitely want to say it again, more articulately. That would be pretty fun with more planned out thoughts. Um, but no, definitely that was that was what I wanted to say. Do you have a well said. What? Oh, do we have to say our final things? Oh yeah. Do, oh yeah. Do you, one of you guys want to do the honors, or do, should I? Oh, you you have been the the. I think you earned it. The puppet master the whole time. You must okay. conclude okay. our. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Then this has been rhetoric in retrospect. Please send your comments, queries, questions, concerns, and corrections to rhetoric in retrospect at gmail dot com. Alright, wonderful. This is us, us three, we three, we three bloviators. We three, yes, sir. Signing off. And hopefully, there will be an episode within the next few months. Yes, yes. Don't make any promises. Don't make any promises. We we must exercise our own, uh, you know, work life balance. Uh, Apply the episode. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. No, but, but this is, is the last <laughs> for us for at least a week, likely more. Till the next time. Signing this off. This has been Ben, Max, and David. Bye. Signing off. Bye. 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 Goodbye, Excellent, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.